Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is brought to you by Epsilon and their award-winning People Cloud Loyalty Solution. Epsilon recently conducted some consumer research in partnership with IMRG, which revealed some fascinating insights, such as 68% of consumers are happy to provide personal information for a more tailored shopping experience. If you would like to read this fascinating report, you can download it for free. Visit emia.epsilon.com forward slash Let's Talk Loyalty and you'll find it in the resources section. Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Let's Talk Loyalty, where I'm chatting with Elliot Clayton, Senior Vice President of Media at Epsilon based in the UK. Our discussion is a fascinating insight into some huge changes that are unfolding in the world of digital media particularly some massive changes announced by Google in terms of how they handle third-party data and cookies for brands. Elliot described these changes as potentially having a greater impact for loyalty marketers than GDPR or European privacy regulations. So for me, it was a fascinating opportunity to learn about these changes and how and when they are likely to affect loyalty program owners. So, Elliot, tell me, what is your favorite loyalty statistic? Um, so, my, my favorite loyalty statistic at the moment has come from a recent survey that we did where um, 7% of the consumers surveyed felt that they were being well, well personalized to by brands, which is a little bit disappointing, but it also <laughs> shows that there's, a, that there's a big opportunity for people who can do it properly. Wow. Oh, my God. That's actually abysmal, Elliot. Seven, like with, you know, nothing before or after it, a seven. No, no. Just a, <laughs> yeah, no, just a seven. But if, wow. if I think about my own sort of experiences as a consumer, I think yeah. that's quite fair. I mean, there are rare, rare brands that do it well, but there's, there's far more that, that um, kind of fall over a bit with it. Yeah, sure. And actually, because I knew you were going to use that statistic, I did go back and look at um, the whole um, origin. You know that phrase, data is the new oil? So this idea of the importance of personalization, would you believe that goes back to Clive Humby in 2006? So we're 14 years being told that data is the new oil and personalization is critical. And unfortunately, we don't seem to have made much progress. No, absolutely. I, I, I did something very similar recently, actually, which was to look at for first first comments about personalization at scale. And yeah. it was called the Holy Grail about 15 years ago. And I think okay. it still is. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. My goodness. OK, well, hopefully you're going to give us some solutions today, Elliot. Um, before we get into what those solutions might start to look like, because I know there's a lot of change happening right now. Um, tell us a bit about your background and how you ended up uh, speaking to me today with, with Epsilon. Um, well, thank you. So my, yeah, I'm Elliot. I'm actually, I've worked at Epsilon now for 13, 14 years, but my background is actually through digital. So cool. digital media particularly, and um, a business that Epsilon acquired a few years ago called Conversant, which is, it's unique in market because it was built to replicate a loyalty program in digital in about 2007, which was, it okay. turns out, it, it, 
visionary to be to be honest okay um, and as, as my career has progressed I've, I've beginning to work in other parts of the of our business so loyalty yeah. crm okay. um, which has been which has been incredibly interesting actually very very insightful absolutely yeah and digital digital can mean so many things i think elliot so i, I really think it'd be, it'd be great to get an insight in terms of um you know maybe some of the the digital uh work has been done quite well um in mm-hmm. the past couple of years but i do think we're probably facing unique challenges, you know, uh, 2021 and all of the behavior changes we've seen in the last 12 months. So so I'd love to get your perspective. Obviously, you're leading um, the media business uh, for Epsilon in the UK, very yeah. mature, very sophisticated business. So, so from your perspective and the kind of clients you're working with, what would you think are the kind of biggest challenges and things that you're hearing at the moment? So what what you hear people talk about a lot within digital media or digital advertising, you hear people talk about um, hyper-personalization or personalization, but the tools that are in market, what's actually happening is people are talking to segments and they're customizing messaging. They're not really doing true okay. one-to-one uh, messaging. And that's that's to do with the systemic issues with the market that have, that have always been there. Mm. Um Obviously, the, the big news is that um, Google is about to start or, or continue a process that other businesses have started of third-party cookie deprecation, and that's going to that's going to be that's going to make some pretty seismic changes to the market. So, again, mm-hmm. um, some surveys we did of marketers, um, a very high percentages, like 70 percent plus, were saying they thought that this change mm-hmm. was going to be bigger than GDPR, and I'm not sure everyone is wow. completely aware of what's happening. Yeah. Well, I wasn't. I will be totally honest with you, Elliot. Um, We spoke a week ago and I had no idea what third party uh, cookie deprecation was. Um, It's even a bit of a mouthful, as I say it to you here today. (laughs) (laughs) So what I did do is, first of all, I went off and got the definition of a cookie, even though I am a digital marketeer as well. Um, But I liked one that Forrester uh, used. And again, for lots of listeners, they mightn't know the definition of a cookie. So a third party cookie, which they said for all its faults, is the underlying mechanism by which the whole digital advertising ecosystem transacts and communicates. And I think for as long as you've been in media, digital media, as long as I've been in digital media, so let's say 14, 15, 20 years, um, the cookie has been the the solution to all of our problems. You know, admittedly not perfect. But um, what is happening with cookies? Tell us. So, yeah, so that, that piece about cookies, what, what they've been used to do, they've been used to track a user within within web. So typically what you would use them for is to frequency cap media, personalize a site visit on, a, on an e-commerce site so that the next page is relevant based on the last thing that somebody's looked at. Okay. Or it would help you to measure, like you would be able to track all of those things and then measure measure outputs of media spend, et cetera, or, you know, mm. marketing spend over time. Okay. Okay. Um, What's been happening slowly is I don't think that consumers are completely aware that they're being tracked. So based based on yeah. privacy and rightly so, people have been looking at it saying this needs to be addressed. There's There's been two, two problems with cookies. One is that they get deleted. They're not, they, they don't hang around for very long. They're not a very good indicator. They don't work in mobile. And as people have become mm. more cross-device going into mobile, they've been less able to um, connect to a real person, so okay. one issue that one issue um, that they've had. Um, then there's the, this this point about um, tracking without without consent. So 
they, they, the, the process where cookies have gone away has been happening for a while anyway. So Safari stopped using them, Firefox has stopped using them, and that's yeah. about 20% of the market okay. online browsers. Yeah. You can't see what consumers doing. Okay. But um, what's about to happen is that Google is also going to stop using them um, in 2022, and they make up another 60% of the browser market online. So come wow. 2022, yeah. 80% of consumers are not going to be addressable through wow. um, those channels. Yeah. Um, and that creates a that creates opportunities for marketers. It creates threats. Um, it it absolutely creates a huge opportunity for loyalty marketers and the loyalty industry as a whole. Okay. Um, which I which I think is really, yeah. really interesting. Exciting, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So 2022 is, is, is certainly not very far away. Um, right. <laughs> and especially, uh, you know, I think we're all, you know, really waiting for it to come around given how 2021 is unfolding, dare I say it. Yeah. Um, but uh, that is certainly sooner than expected. Um, for me, I suppose, with my consumer hat on and, and nothing to do with loyalty, but I have noticed um, and I assumed it was purely GDPR, um, you know, perhaps because I'm a European citizen. So allowing cookies on websites is something that I've become, you know, slightly frustrated, but, you know, very, um, I suppose, tolerant of because mm-hmm. I do understand what the cookies are. And and I know that the GDPR means that the website has to protect itself. So is this something that only applies in Europe, Elliot? or does it apply for websites globally? Um, Literally, just, just, you know, to give me a sense of if this is a a global situation. So it's it's for... Certainly what Google is doing is global. Um, okay. that, that piece around consent management platforms for GDPR, I think what you see is in additional markets that haven't got it yet, they use it as a standard to look towards or to go towards. So very often yeah. in, in, say, APAC or MEA, we'll be asked, are you compliant with GDPR or not? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, which I think is a good thing. It's a good, it's a good model. Um, totally. Consumer, consumer do need to know what's happening with their data. Mm. Um, and it, I just think it's something that everyone can get on board with, basically. Absolutely. Okay, so we won't have cookies, um, but yet clearly digital is is the way of the future. So, yeah. so what are you thinking and recommending in terms of solutions? And you mentioned opportunities and challenges. And again, yeah. listeners to this show are loyalty marketeers. Um, um, so definitely, um, you know, very appreciative, I suppose, of the uh, opportunity side of things. Yeah. Um, but what do you think the, the um, I suppose, both sides are? Because, again, I think the audience are going to be communicating with, let's say, their colleagues in marketing to um, to help them understand that they no longer have these cookies, for example, for their acquisition campaigns. So yeah. what kind of things are you recommending? So, well, the, the, the first thing is, is that the digital ecosystem has not really, in my opinion, worked very well for loyalty marketers up to now. So where you want to have a consented one-to-one communication with somebody and you know who it's talking to, yeah. that's, not been, that's not been how digital works. You, you, you push a message out to some sort of media platform and you can't be sure that you're saying what you think you are to the right person. It, you actually just got no idea really wow. who, that ad, who that ad's gone to. Okay. And the, the piece around the third-party data it's not your consent you know there's no consent in, involved in that interaction so the okay. ability to personalize well has not been established in digital as it's been done previously okay so so what's changing is what i would con- talk about as marcoms like big push to segments in digital is mm-hmm. moving much more towards what i would consider loycoms which is personalized one-to-one communication based on consent 
Okay. And now I can think of a, of a of an industry that started all of that 50 or 60 years ago that's got that nailed down, obviously, which is all the loyalty practitioners. So <laughs> totally. So, so we're ahead of you, Elliot. <laughs> yeah. So what 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 we're saying to um businesses is that the you need to build up a first party data asset. You need to know who your consumers are. Okay. Um law I'm in my opinion and our opinion, loyalty is a really, really good good way to do that because the, yeah. it's, a, it's a self-funding first-party data asset if you do it well. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll definitely have to, to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, it, it comes with marketing consent. Yes. Because you've built it as part of it. And it's got a very transparent value exchange with the consumer about yeah. what you're doing with their data and, and the facility to use it properly. Yeah. So... Um, this move away from third party towards first party plays really well to businesses that mm. operate within loyalty. Now, mm. the, 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 the threat that loyalty also overcomes is as um, you're less able to use third party cookies, you're kind, of, you're kind of pushed towards investing more with Amazon, with Facebook, with Google, but, and using their models, their data, and using their consent to talk to people. Okay. The problem with that is that they are inserting themselves further into the customer relationship with a brand yeah. and taking the brand away from the consumer because they, yeah. don't, give, you know, they yeah. don't give businesses a lot of insight back about what their consumers are doing, et cetera, et cetera. But a loyalty program yeah. is a really good way yeah. to reestablish that value and that relationship and to own the customer relationship. And you see, yeah. you know, I, I, I think of McDonald's, what McDonald's is doing with their loyalty programs. I think of that in those terms, like they're creating the yeah. opportunity to maintain relationships with their consumers, which is yeah. which is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It does go back 40, 50, 60 years, Elliot, because, you know, airlines, I think, were the very first to recognize actually there was an intermediary, which at the time was the travel agent. So they didn't have that very valuable direct consumer relationship. And clearly the technology has now caught up up. So, you know, all retail sectors have that ability. Um, and what I like what you're saying is, you know, this kind of messaging is important for this audience to be able to have internal conversations to really emphasize, you know, the challenges of, of third party data and yeah. intermediaries interrupting their customer relationships and hopefully drive further investment in their loyalty programs. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a great time to be in loyalty. I think at yeah. the moment. Yeah, you're right. Actually, and and to be honest, um, I think it's always a great time to be in loyalty. To be to be honest, when the economy is suffering, that's when I got into loyalty. So it is quite countercyclical, and I remember being incredibly impressed with certain brands deciding it was time to invest. And for me, yeah. again, listeners will know it was O2 priority. It was it was very innovative, and even I think the pandemic had already driven that particular particular increase in the reliance on loyalty programs. And I think what you're telling me today, Elliot, is, is actually the third party deprecation is, is another reason to, to focus yeah. on the loyalty business. Yeah. So I, I, I can't say who they are, obviously, but my, my second favorite stat is that <laughs> in, the la in the last two months, we've, re we've received more RFPs for loyalty than the whole of last year. And I think oh that's because God. people are, wow. part, I, I wouldn't say it's response to third party cookies necessarily, but yeah. a lot of people have got a lot, a lot of new customers in new channels, like, di like in digital. Yes. Yeah. So, so how do you, so it's like the year of retention. How do you retain those customers? Now? Yeah. Well, a, lo yeah. a loyalty program, that's the answer to in, in many cases, a loyalty yeah. program is a solution to that. Or how yeah. do you stay connected 
when loyalty is contactless or in digital, again, loyalty totally. programs are very, very able to solve that problem. So yeah, yeah it's been really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's extraordinarily exciting, obviously, for, for your whole team. And yeah. you mentioned another very exciting term as well, Elliot, there um, about self-funding as an opportunity, um, yeah. something I'm very yeah. passionate about. Can you talk a bit more about that? Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm re- relatively new to the um, loyalty in- industry, but I I see that the one of the huge opportunities of loyalty um, is that you know you set up a loyalty program. I, you, I assume it's been set up well. Yeah. Back of back of an envelope, you can kind of expect a a ten percent incremental return year on year compared to not doing it previously. Okay, so yeah. I really like that loyalty operates in incrementality, additional okay. thing generated yeah. by this because a lot of marketing just can't prove its value, and loyalty can. So I think that's that's quite impressive. Yeah. But there's the there's the second year where that increase becomes part of your baseline and it's down to your creativity as a, a loyalty marketer and you know how you engage customers that allow you to do to to grow and continue continue to keep that growth within yeah. the business yeah um where we are engaging in the market and where i think we are looking at being able to uniquely engage with it is there's two ways to increase the performance of the loyalty program, assuming it's well run. One, mm. you can get you can get more people signed up to the loyalty program. Yeah. But the, the second is you can increase contacts and communications and outputs from the loyalty program. And the the way that we're able to do that in media is we work from first party data, and we always have done because the program is built to mimic a loyalty program. So it comes with consent. So mm. what that means is we're able to push one-to-one communication in digital Mm. so you get this additional automated layer that's pushing out the messaging so you know where you can't reach a consumer maybe because they're not opening emails or they're not looking at sms you've got these additional touch points in which can be quite soft in digital but they drive that additional value and they drive those that incremental touches and they drive incremental return so Mm. that's what i think is exciting because you're talking about you know 20 30 percent more return from an existing asset which i think is quite yeah you know very powerful game changer yeah Absolutely. And I know when we talked before as well, Elliot, you made the point about, you know, yes, loyalty marketers, you know, communicating internally to the base. But I think as well, what you're starting to say is, you know, uh, being able to take those one to one messages across the whole spectrum of digital. um, And again, to compensate for for, for the the cookies, which are no longer available. Um, And that sounds incredibly powerful. And again, I haven't done communications for loyalty program for a long time, but that sounds pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I think you can. I think what it allows you to do is it it allows you to push loyalty style communication where you are driving deeper lifetime value through digital, but mm. you extend that into digital, which historically has not worked like that. Mm. So not only are you improving the the loyalty program's return, you also increase the efficiency of spend you're already making in digital. Yeah, so you've already got there's already wasted spend there, so you can accrue that to a, a loyalty model. Mm-hmm. which drives incremental return, which mm-hmm. digital media is, struggles to prove. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, it's a yeah, lot going on. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And again, just to forgive my simplistic understanding, but, you know, known customers are one, um, you know, again, one-to-one communications are essential for them. But you're saying the, the same capability applies for, for prospects and for acquisition as well as for retention? 
Yeah, so you can, the, the way that we operate, we can drive one-to-one -one communication for acquisition. So you could, for example, look at um, a loyalty program and model the best customers and then go and target individuals that you know look like that. Mm -hmm. But more, more importantly, you consistently message them over time rather than a big yeah. burst. And okay. that's, what's, that's what's like loyalty. And then okay. you can speak to your, you know, your, your best customers, get them to buy more. You can mm. speak to your retention customers, you know, to retain them. You can mm. get to one more purchase and you, yeah. you just have a model that looks like loyalty, yeah. but, but has these additional reaches and it could, you could drive it through media. You could drive it through video. You could drive it through connected oh, cool. TV. Okay. Yeah. 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 And have you any examples of video? That's certainly a format I'm, I'm dabbling with, Elliot, I will say. So we're, we're starting to see it. Yes. So um, okay. we, we, we're seeing, so Wal Walgreens is a, is a client of ours and they are pushing video into their app. Now, the reason I think that's quite exciting is because the type of video content they're pushing is personalized, but you can also only get it if you're on the loyalty program. Cool. So I think, so I think you're starting to see a value exchange around content and communication, which I think is a in inevitable and ongoing trend. Mm. Um, similarly, um, AutoZone uh, provide kind of video personalized how-tos to people as well. Okay. Um, so I think it's, you know, you are, you are showing your, you're showing your customers that you understand them, but then you're using uh, drivers of emotion and brand engagement rather than just, you know, there's, I think there's always a place for uh, mm. hard value exchange, but you've got totally. this additional, way yeah. of showing people you know who they are which yeah. I think is really important for sure yeah well I've been saying a lot as well recently Elliot you know the the, the power of the human voice I think is uh, proving particularly compelling so both audio and video for me are um, really coming into their own um, and I know you guys do amazing work with email marketing but to be able to personalize that and embed videos as well and yeah. to make sure that that's relevant to the person receiving it like you know I, I often talk about the fact that I, I have had enough personalization on my birthday um, so I want a video from somebody <laughs> at some point <laughs> singing me happy birthday Elliot I don't know if, if Walgreens <laughs> could do it but but genuinely yeah. like it's 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 something I notice as a consumer and I always think good marketing people should should think like consumers for you know anybody that I am you know wishing uh, happy birthday let's say in my family and friends I don't just WhatsApp them where I normally do I will actually then send a video so it's, yeah. it's a form of escalation to say, I'm really seeing you today and I really want to connect with you today. So, yeah, I, I love the sound of what Walgreens is doing. Yeah, I think I think the, the opportunity to increase engagement or relevancy at every interaction you have with a person yeah. is, is super important when yeah. there's a, gen, a general lack of engagement because people aren't coming to store. They're not seeing all the, they're not seeing out of home ads. So as an yeah. overall, yeah. loyalty has a way to bridge that that totally. other people, other channels don't. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Powerful. And I know as well, Walgreens have done um, some very impressive work in terms of uh, becoming a media player in their own right. Um, I certainly yeah. wrote an article about it um, literally, you know, January, I think it was this year. So is this something that you also see, particularly with the cookie deprecation issue that you mentioned already? Do you think other loyalty program owners are starting to explore this uh, media opportunity as well? So, I yeah, so, well, yeah, there, there's the, what, what term you would think of in loyalty within partner-funded marketing, which, again, something loyalty has been doing for a really, really long time. Mm. That is now 
the fastest growing segment of digital media. It's it's being called wow. retail media. Yeah. So it's it's extending that communication with a loyalty base about yeah. a specific product, not just using email, but then pushing that out into digital channels or video, etc. And then that what's happening is for Walgreens, they're becoming a media owner, like yeah. Um, Amazon. Yeah. Um, but they, they have a better engagement. I'd argue they have a better engagement with their customer base than Amazon do. Mm. And then we're supporting them by providing very, very personalized, very, very relevant, mm-hmm. very, very well measured mm. communication to people mm-hmm. um, that it, it, it benefits the consumer because of re- relevancy. Mm. benefits Walgreens because they're showing the consumer they understand them what yeah. they're interested in why they should care yeah. and it benefits the partner because they're getting much higher quality executions of media yeah. but better measured they're getting much better measurement uh, of what's happening yeah yeah, so, yeah. Um, and dare I say it I mean the, the the you know loyalty program owner is also benefiting commercially because then there's media fees obviously associated with this as a whole new business model yeah, and also very high profit line margins against yeah. what they might expect expect as a retailer as well. So yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely, and we, we're seeing it in. Um, we, yeah, we're seeing a lot. Uh, we're being asked about it a lot at the moment by a lot, a lot of big retailers. I was going to say because I've only seen examples like you mentioned, obviously Walgreens, um, but but I haven't seen it, for example, in the UK market as yet. But sounds like something that's that's absolutely imminent from your experience. Yeah, so, so, so it's it's across all. I would say it's across. It's anyone that sells anybody else's product, it works for. So we see it for Urban Outfitters, who are obviously very interested in creating strong yeah. brand brand engagements for sort yeah. of a slightly younger audience who would be in mobile typically. And mm-hmm. um, we see it for B2B, so kind of very large components businesses with very complicated audiences and tens of millions of SKU, like products SKU, so very difficult yeah. to manage. A okay. lot easier to execute through digital and using machine learning to support all of that. Mm. Um, yeah, we really a, a, a lot of places. I mean, it's that's that's two very different ends of the spectrum. Those two. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but I hadn't thought about it in a B two B context. So, um, yeah. so that's a that's a big one as well. I think for anybody yeah. listening. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the the classic one is obviously supermarkets. So, yeah, supermarkets are doing this, but they are now focusing on the the digital off-site uh, aspect of that. But in, 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 in the majority of cases, I would say a loyalty program at some point is driving the engagement with the consumer and the understanding in the client's business of what is possible because mm. they've already got that learning inside. Mm. Wow. My goodness, Elliot, there's so much going on. Um, as you said, I, I think I was a bit scared when I heard about the whole third party cookie uh, piece, but I think at least I understand it now and uh, probably slightly relieved I'm not going to be followed around the internet with all these you know, <laughs> messages anymore. <laughs> Are there any other kind of trends that you're seeing coming through, Elliot, that you think um, you know, loyalty marketeers should be thinking about or, or even the messaging internally, I suppose, around this whole you know, focus on, on driving investment in their marketing asset, let's be honest, um, given, given the challenges that their colleagues in marketing are going to face? Um, I, I, I just, just generally, the, the move towards digital transformation of very, very large businesses, they kind of, they, they've kind of, they've had to make those changes. Yeah. Um, so I think that um, within that, the, the loyalty team have a very, very key role in talking to those businesses about how to talk to people on a one-to-one basis or how mm. to drive value from a, a first-party data asset. So yeah. I, I think I think 
the main trend, I think, is that there is going to be a lot more work done around loyalty and the way that loyalty works generally and how okay. businesses are coming closer to their consumer. Mm-hmm. I think it's it. I think that's I think that's that's the trends that I think are ongoing now for yeah. a few years, I think. Absolutely. So my final question then is really just, Elliot, for you, as you said, your background's media, but, um, you know, very much uh, full full systems ahead on the loyalty front now. Yeah. So how are you staying up to date on the loyalty industry for from, for your own knowledge? Um, I don't know. There's this podcast. Let's talk loyalty. <laughs> well said. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, we, 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 right there. <laughs> um, we've. I mean, the, the the other one is we've we've got a a really really strong team at Epsilon and uh, globally, yes. and I think that the, that everybody has done a lot of work to support with that. Yeah. The other thing that I've I'm. I'm I'm always really interested in people just having a very high level of market knowledge. So we've committed to all of the kind of business development team being certified loyalty marketing practitioners. Wonderful. That's extraordinary. Um, that's yeah, that's so really cool. So we're both CLNPs, absolutely. And we do loads yeah. with the Loyalty Academy. So you're putting your whole team through that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah everyone. So ev- ev- like everyone will come to the table with an understanding, like a full understanding yeah. of, of how to support our clients, wow. which I think is, yeah. is, is you know, it's critical. Yeah, it is. Well, uh, you know, that that's a huge uh, gesture for your clients to be reassured that, you know, you're all coming at it from this very commercial understanding of loyalty. So I think in the past, what we have struggled with as an industry is being able to, you know, prove the commerciality, prove the returns. Um, and as a digital marketeer, obviously, you're extremely well placed to have that level of accountability. Um, but it's important that your whole team does as well, because again, I felt that was lacking my own background. So, um, so that's a huge decision. So that's it from my side, Elliot. Is there anything else you wanted to mention as we wrap up? Nope. Just thank you very much. It's been very interesting. Wonderful, Elliot. Listen, thank you so much. Um, Elliot Clayton, Senior Vice President of Media at Epsilon UK. Thank you so much. From Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.